120 pages of correspondence from Bitcoin's creator Satoshi Nakamoto have been released. Good morning. You're listening to the Rise in Crypto podcast by Cointelegraph with me, Robert Bags, steering you through the crypto cosmos with daily dispatches from the digital frontier. If you want to stay ahead of the curve in crypto, you better click that follow button. Okay, grab yourself a coffee and let's get into it. I am back at my desk and thank you very much to Gareth for that excellent episode on Friday, but I must say I'm pleased to be back for this episode. So here is what's on the menu. Firstly, we have to discuss those Satoshi Nakamoto emails. Then we'll look at how Zach XBT recovered proceeds from a stolen NFT. Users of the privacy-focused platform Aleo are concerned after KYC documents leak. The Texas Blockchain Council and Riot platforms win their case about the mandatory energy surveys. And MicroStrategy's X account is hacked with phishing scams posted. The court case with Craig Wright over Satoshi Nakamoto's identity is something I've discussed a few times. It's happening just a stone's throw from where I live and it's an interesting case, but something wholly unexpected has come out of it after some documents were submitted for evidence. Marty Maumi, Satoshi Nakamoto's earliest collaborator on Bitcoin, published 120 pages of email correspondence between the two from 2009 to 2011. I'll start with a spoiler that you don't want, we still don't have Satoshi's identity, though the emails did spark some more theories. But even though his identity is still debated, there was an unprecedented amount of new information about how he thought, his vision for Bitcoin, and the emergence of key themes that are now part of the furniture in the space. I've linked to the 120 pages of emails in the description of this episode, and there is so much to read if you're interested in it. But I wanted to flag a few highlights here. This is really the most fascinating development surrounding Satoshi Nakamoto and Bitcoin law that we've had in years. Interestingly, I've seen a lot of posts and comments about how these emails might make diehard Bitcoin maxis quite unhappy. One example of this is the notion of anonymity in Bitcoin. Satoshi wrote, I think we should de-emphasize the anonymous angle. With the popularity of Bitcoin addresses instead of sending by IP, we can't give the impression it's automatically anonymous. It's possible to be pseudonymous, but you'd have to be careful. Satoshi added that, If someone digs through the transaction history and starts exposing information people thought was anonymous, the backlash will be much worse if we haven't prepared expectations by warning in advance that you have to take precautions. In a different direction, Satoshi expressed his discomfort with calling Bitcoin an investment, writing, there are a lot of things you can say on the SourceForge site that I can't say on my own site. Even so, I'm uncomfortable with explicitly saying, consider it an investment. That's a dangerous thing to say and you should delete that bullet point. It's okay if Bitcoin users come to that conclusion on their own, but we can't pitch it as that. In reaction to these emails, we have seen a few Bitcoin maxis trying to distance themselves from Satoshi's words and vision. Some have even said that the invention outgrows the inventor. However true that may be, I really didn't expect that response. I guess in reality, we didn't have that much information directly from Satoshi and Bitcoin has grown and evolved so much that now there might be some cognitive dissonance. One of the emails that really stuck in my head was Satoshi's vision for scaling the Bitcoin network and how they used Visa as a benchmark. Satoshi wrote, The existing Visa credit card network processes about 15 million internet purchases per day worldwide. Bitcoin can already scale much larger than that with the existing hardware for a fraction of the cost. 
If you're interested, I can go over the ways it would cope with extreme size. By Moore's law, we can expect hardware speed to be 10 times faster in five years and 100 times faster in 10. Even if Bitcoin grows at crazy adoption rates, I think computer speeds will stay ahead of the number of transactions. You have to wonder if Satoshi thought about Bitcoin reaching the size it has today more than just theoretically. There was also one less important discussion in these emails that I imagine settled quite a few bets. And it really shows how far back these emails were in terms of crypto's lifespan. On the 11th of June 2009, Satoshi emailed Maomi saying, Someone came up with the word cryptocurrency. Maybe it's a word we should use when describing Bitcoin. Do you like it? Honestly, these emails are incredible. There's so much more than the colouring in of details in Bitcoin's law. They offer insights into areas we previously had little but guesswork. Satoshi talks about damn near every fundamental and even makes the observation that so many have after them. Satoshi wrote, if you imagine it being used for some fraction of world commerce, then there's only going to be 21 million coins for the whole world, so it would be worth much more per unit. I think I could do an hour to two hour episode on these emails alone, but that isn't the mission statement of this podcast. So if you are interested in these emails, they are linked in the description below. I have an interesting update about a story I covered earlier this month that riled quite a few people up. The US Department of Energy, the Energy Information Administration, the EIA, and the Office of Management Budget, OMB, were demanding information from crypto mining firms, calling the request an emergency and labelling it mandatory. Many firms and organisations immediately fought back. The Texas Blockchain Council's president, Lee Bratcher, said it was an unprecedented information collection request and called it a politically motivated campaign against Bitcoin mining, cryptocurrency and US-led innovation. Sunnyside Digital CEO Taras Kulik said, I wonder, will the oil and gas, traditional data center, banking and petrochemical sectors be asked for the same data? Well, the fight between these mining firms and the governmental departments made it to court, and the Texas Blockchain Council and the Bitcoin mining firm Riot Platforms have won a favourable ruling from a US district judge. According to the filing, a TRO, Temporary Restraining Order, has been granted that prohibits the EIA from requiring mining firms to respond to the survey, as well as blocking the EIA from sharing any data they have already received. The filing reads... The court finds that plaintiffs have shown through a verified complaint and supporting evidence that immediate and irreparable injury, loss or damage will result if a TRO is not issued. The court deemed the emergency survey unjustified and suggested a misuse of authority by the EIA. Rather amusingly, one point of contention was how long the survey would take the mining firms to complete without compensation, and the EIA estimated it to be 30 minutes to complete this survey. The court said that this estimation was extremely inaccurate. So for now, that mandatory survey from the energy officials is going back in the draw. The on-chain sleuth and pseudonymous detective Zach XBT is a regular feature on this show as he uncovers all manners of things in crypto. I particularly enjoy his work not only because he is talented at what he does, very talented, but there appears to be no bridge he wouldn't burn and tie he wouldn't sever if he suspected that person or organisation had crossed a line. That's a rare breed in crypto. Well, over the weekend, Zach transcended merely a detective and was one person's saviour after nine months of investigations. In May 2023, Zach received a message that said, Hey, sup brother, just got my wallet drained on an NFT listed. Quite a valuable one. Rank one of the gods. Listed months ago on OpenSea and boom, disappeared. Your help would be much appreciated. So the NFT was stolen courtesy of a phishing scam and then immediately sold by the thief for 99 ETH, which was $177,000 at the time. 
On Saturday, Zach wrote, I am pleased to share I was able to help recover a decent chunk of the stolen funds which have now been returned back to the victim. While recovery can be a lengthy process, it does happen and I am always happy to share these success stories. Zach is becoming a more and more prominent figure in the space. He gets cited left and right and even the French authorities used his research to catch fraudsters. Sadly, Zach plans to stop this pro bono work he's been doing for individuals as he can't help everyone and those who don't get help often get very frustrated. Which is a real shame, particularly as this user has had returned to them a life-changing amount of money that was thought to be completely lost. Yesterday, the decentralized blockchain platform Aleo proverbially defecated the bed by leaking KYC documents. The full extent of this isn't known yet, but users jumped on X to flag a worrying occurrence. The user Emir Soyturk posted, Hey at Aleo HQ, you just sent me someone's KYC documents via email, including selfies and ID photos. That makes me wonder, if I have someone else's KYC document, who else have you sent mine to? Then other Aleo users replied, claiming to have also received other people's KYC documents. What makes this all the more uncomfortable is that Aleo is a platform that focuses on zero-knowledge cryptography and providing enhanced privacy and security. Their whole motif is not sharing this sort of data unnecessarily. As Amaka Noelkocha said in her article, this privacy-centric approach makes it challenging for external parties to trace or access sensitive information, offering users greater control over their data. These platforms aim to enhance privacy in blockchain transactions, making them securer and more confidential for participants. Quintelegraph spoke with Mike Sarvodea, the founder of Galactica, who explained that protocols like Aleo should never theoretically allow access to user data. He said, It's ironic that a protocol for programmable privacy uses a third party to collect users' unencrypted KYC data after that leaks to the public. Apparently, when your ZK stack is so advanced, you might just forget how to practice basic OPSEC. With Aleo mainnet a few weeks away from launch, this is not great timing. And we have a small story to end, but a big warning. The business intelligence firm and the biggest publicly traded holder of Bitcoin, MicroStrategy, has had its X account hacked. The account then posted a malicious link to a fake airdrop called the official Ethereum-based MSTR token. MSTR being MicroStrategy's ticker. If you click the link, you are taken to a copycat MicroStrategy webpage, which then directs the user to connect a wallet and claim the fake MSTR airdrop. Once you click through those permissions, your wallet will be drained. As of around 13 hours ago, Zach XBT estimated that $440,000 worth of crypto had been stolen from this hack. Scamsniffer posted that one user who clicked the malicious link lost $424,786 worth of three different tokens. $134,000 worth of wrapped balance AI, $122,000 worth of Chin Tay, and $45,000 worth of wrapped pocket network. MicroStrategy seemed to have regained control over their X accounts and have deleted the posts, but you'd still do well to be vigilant. That was a bit of a somber end. Perhaps I should have put the Satoshi emails last. But that is it for today. You are caught up on the major stories of this weekend. Consider yourself informed. Thank you for listening to the Rise and Crypto podcast by Cointelegraph. If you're enjoying these daily updates, please make sure you let us know by following, subscribing or leaving a review. Have a great day. Let's do this again tomorrow. Tomorrow.